For better or worse, we have made it to episode 5 of the Behind the Edge podcast. I'm Brian, and we have the whole crew here today. This is going to be the last episode where we introduce ourselves. Echo is going to be recording our Discord call overlay from now on and posting that to YouTube. So if you have any trouble discerning who is talking at a given point during the podcast, check those YouTube uh, videos out. So introduce yourselves, fellas. Okay, so I just made sure... I'm I'm Caleb, also known as Echo, and I just made sure that we uh, we are recording the overlay, so it's all good in that front. Um, I am Jacob. I'm Vex. We do not sound Yay. the same at all. <laughs> we have pretty distinct voices, I feel like. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think but, so, right. yeah. So let's move on to some housekeeping. Uh, we got three things to talk about. So the first thing is guest appearances. We do not have a guest for this episode because we were all a little bit busy this week, but we do have a guest planned for next episode. If you would like to be a guest for future episodes or have a, you know have suggestions for potential guests we should reach out to, please DM us at, at Behind the Edge Podcast on Instagram or email us at BehindTheEdgePod at gmail.com. Second thing is topics, so same thing. Um, the topic for this episode is folding knives versus fixed blades. If you have any suggestions for topics you would like us to talk about, reach out to us in any of the previously mentioned ways. This includes any upcoming knives, news, or other things you would like us to mention. Um, you know, maybe even if you're like a maker and you want to, you know, have us plug something that's interesting. I mean, obviously we're going to use our discretion to choose what we end up talking about, but, you know, feel free to contact us. Um, the last thing is we mentioned in a, in the, uh, was it the last episode? Yes. yes it was the last okay. Episode. We mentioned in the last episode that uh, we had emailed Millet asking about the uh, TJ Schwartz design, the CRKT Thero, or Thero. And this is their response. I'm just going to re- read it verbatim because it's fairly short. Uh, they said, The Thero design is owned by TJ Schwartz from Schwartz Design. Millet has licensed the higher-end version, while CRKT has right to use it for an import version. All right, so what do we think about that email? How should we interpret what that means? They stayed I mean, They're just saying... Yeah, they're just saying that it's all legal. I don't. I don't think there's really. I don't personally think there's any like bad blood about it. Really, I just think you know, two different markets or whatever. It sounds like they like they worded it like you were confused or something. They just explained. <laughs> yeah, they feel like they're talking Honestly. down to Brian. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it feels like they worded it like, "Why are you even asking this?" A little bit, partially. Like a, the other way to interpret it is, is just like a very frank like. You know, this is how it is, and we're not going to complain about it because it's all, like, technically legal. We're not going to bother, you know, complaining about what CRK is doing or something. You should have just uh, emailed again, Brian, and said, so no bad blood. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are chilled. You guys, you know, get donuts together on Sundays. Like, is everything? (laughs) No, email them back and be like, when's the real Overland coming? (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, I mean, I, I have nothing. If they don't want to say anything about it, I have nothing else to say about it. Um, there are definitely situations where this is not the case, where, you know, there is actually some, not going to say bad blood, but sort of uh, unhappiness about, you know, when people buy a design and then they see that maker sell basically the same design to someone else or another maker. Um, you know, that there has been, you know, people talking about, like, not feeling too good about that in the past. Uh, but this does not appear to be at least... Um, an example of that yeah i think it's all all the cards are in order i think it's all fine Um, yeah i mean it is a little bit different i mean i i personally if i was millet i would be like that's not different enough but you know that's all a case by case you know personal 
opinion sort of thing. So if they think yeah. it's fine, then that's fine. They responded to you fast, so I was kind of surprised. Yeah, yeah, no, they're Millet is very responsive. You can also call them on the um, on the weekdays. I called Millet when I uh, did some stuff to a Millet blade, and uh, they they were they instantly you know they picked up. They instantly you know gave me like okay, just send it back to us. We'll fix it up. Uh, it'll cost this much. Like everything was fairly. Yeah easy to work out so after you massacred a millet blade <laughs> i mean you know um <laughs> hey thanks to that though gong has a very nice uh new millet because they they reblade the millets if they have extra blades in stock so and they reblade yeah, it at a pretty reasonable deal price. on that too yeah yeah so he got it for, like i mean even with buying a whole new blade and a backspacer i think it was like under 300 dollars for him so that's good what yeah. are they even doing now millet do they have any plans or anything Besides, like, the new torrents? Um, I don't know what... It, well, you mentioned the Overland, right, Jacob? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they announced that design. It's been well over a year now, I think, and I haven't heard anything about it since. Um, so that's that. Um, however, I did read a little while back, I think it's been about 10 weeks, um, Serge Panchenko actually um, posted a picture of the Orbit. Somebody asked if they are making any more. And he said they plan to in the next six to twelve months. Those are made by Millet, so that could be something they have coming up. But I don't have any any official news on that. Okay, all right. Orbit's cool. Um, anyway. so, so that's that um, yeah. on on Millet, right? So I guess yeah. we should move on to the small amount of uh, upcoming knife news we have. Um, so first we have the James Brand Carter new locking mechanism. So this is like, <laughs> a, <laughs> Jacob hated this, but no, um, it's just the fact off. that you said it was a new locking mechanism. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well that's lock. the way, that's what they're calling it. They're calling it the slide lock. It's on this new, uh, it's called the Carter. Um, I guess the company's name is just James Brand. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Um, yeah. But basically, it's this, I don't know, pretty standard-looking folding knife uh, with a th- green, interesting-looking green thumb disc on it. Um, hey, don't say standard. People are going to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's got a good-sized like blade for like someone in college. It's a 2.75-inch VG10 blade. Uh, kind of, I don't know, I feel like kind of cheaped out on the steel. But it's basically uh, now. <laughs> that, that's like their standard thing. VG10 uh, James Brand is that like what three hundred dollars? Well, you, so you're, this one, you're joking, this, but it's pretty up. It's pretty. This high one up there. goes for one hundred thirty-five dollars, and you can buy it now. Um, but basically, it it's an axis lock. It looks basically um, it, the same as an axis lock. It doesn't rotate though, so no, the wear no. won't be even across the entirety of the lock mechanism. Yeah, I would like if to see it taken apart, um, but. I don't know. I haven't seen anywhere it taken apart. The but... pocket glue clip looks like a pen clip. <laughs> so, I mean... Kind of. Uh, well, do you have a picture of it completely open or closed? Um, I can try to find one. Um, but... I'll grab some real quick. But, no. I mean, the one, that's the only picture I saw of it online. Oh, uh, the... they do have a micarta version if you want to spend an extra 30 bucks. Okay, I, I found <laughs> one. Um... I found one for you, Brian, to look at. Hold on. Dope. Hit me really up. Really quickly. Oh, wait. I think Jacob put it down. Okay. Okay, so it's literally an axis lock. Got it. Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, uh, I, that wasn't me, but... No, it's a slide oh, lock, dude. Thank you. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> it's it's, it's like a the axis mechanism is kind of longer than the axis lock like the actual part where you grab your thumb but it's literally basically an axis lock um so i, I mean it's attractive it, it looks good like it does it look good. good i don't the know about the, the handle utility ratio of that. doesn't look great yeah i don't know about the utility of that thumb disc like how well it actually works like i feel like for thumb discs you kind of have to try it out to know how well it works for that design um, they're more iffy than thumb studs usually. Uh, I like what do you the think about that clip? clip? Yeah, what do you think I about like that it. clip? It's very deep carry looking. Like it looks fun. Like there it is. <laughs> there, it, I, I just posted a picture of it, it in pants. Um, I don't know why that. I think that why person's is it sticking pocket. Up a little bit. I think that person's pocket is small. I think it's that like bothers a me pocket. so much. Um. Uh, that's a good question. Possibly. Is that little- it better be. I mean, what's the, the point end. of ha- what's the point of having an access lock like ambidextrous if you're not gonna let well, the key? Well, the way this, this is one of those weird clips that kind of like reach around and go kind of into the. <laughs> they like it looks like it's ambidextrous maybe, but they kind of go like into the middle of the scale rather than like attaching to the side. Oh nope! I, I just read on the website on the James Rand website. It is fully ambidextrous. The pocket clip can be easily removed and replaced with the included lanyard insert. Interesting. So yeah, T six screws though. Unfortunately, if you like stripping your your screws, I'm okay with T six as long as it's um well done, good quality. Yeah, Yeah. that little Um, bend at the end of the pocket looks like it might catch when you go to pull it up. Say what, Jacob? The um the bend at the if you look towards the bottom of the pocket clip where the metal's like bent over, it looks like it sticks out a bit, and I'd be a tad worried about that catching on like your the seam of your pants or something, but. Yeah, yeah, it looks fun. Possibly, but it looks like a decent knife. I like that it comes in micarta. It's kind of cool. What do you think about that packaging, though? $160 for micarta. Uh, (laughs) You see the packaging? Packaging looks good, I think. It's like wood, right? Yeah, they they do well in the packaging. It's very cool. $130 knife with this packaging. Wow. It's almost like probably honestly about half what you're paying for. Yeah, it's not like an awful, like. It's not like an awful price for the knife. Like it's not that good. But no, I guess it's not nearly as bad as the other knives. But those are yeah. just like. But for machine micarta, I think it's actually good price. Maybe not for G10, but for machine micarta, I think. It's I good. just can't. I just wish they'd go with a different blade steel at this point. Like VG10 is not bad. <laughs> it could be worse. But okay, I gotta show you guys something. <laughs> you gotta see how they advertise it. This is on their website, directly from their website. Okay. <laughs> okay so no this is marketing genius because these knives as we all know are marketed towards millennials who we know love avocados (laughs) it's it's a it's a picture of someone cutting an avocado by the way he looks like he's on like a beach he's He's on a beach stranded for like like six weeks that's like a quick meal just a little avocado yeah, he's yeah, on, he's on an island, surrounded by pine trees with an avocado for some reason. He's shirtless. Oh yeah, shirtless, uh, shoeless. <laughs> shirtless. Yeah. Got that? Got those tattoos on the wrist? Like everything is positioned on purpose. You know that. Like, you know. Oh yeah. It's That's all just like how marketing works. Hipster marketing. All right. Not a market that I know much about. So, what's next? <laughs> oh, we got we um, got we got something else. This is the opposite of hipster. Um, <laughs> this is boomer no <laughs> no it's not whoa no no no, no. we're talking no 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 the uh the a purpose one do you see that instagram link 
Oh, I didn't see the Instagram. Yeah, click that. Click that. Did uh, okay. your Vex, did you post that? Yeah. Okay, so you want to talk about what that is? Um, that's Bruh. the new Wingman Recon 1 collab with Lee Williams from the, what's the first one called? The Dr. Death, MDDK, whatever. This one looks a little bit better with the, it's just more interesting, but they need to stop with the dang lanyard hole. Like, yeah, that was, yeah that's excessive. Yeah, it's attractive though. Yeah, it's How much cool. Is this knife? It's, at least it's part of the design. It doesn't stick out like a sore thumb, but I think this is way more interesting than the first one. How much is it? Honestly, do we have like a price estimate on um, this? Um, I'm guessing over three hundred dollars, like three fifty, probably. I'd say it looks really good though. It yeah, I think good. it looks it's hot. Like, what is that? Like a Japanese Tonto or something? Like yeah. so? Yeah, it has. It's a Japanese uh, Tonto compound grind. So you got looks what looks like a hollow grind for the main bevel. And then the Tonto area, it looks like a flat grind. And then you have a very deep swedge going all the way from basically past the handle, actually, um, up to the tip. So that's, yeah, it looks really good. It's called a yeah. Yuri? Someone, Uri? I don't know. And one thing in, the, I did, yeah. in the comments says 425 bones, as in, I guess, dollars? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how accurate Instagram comments 425, are. 425, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds about what it would be, though, because it's like a Recon 1 knife, so... I know, it's, but... There's that I Recon mean, 1 markup, right? Yep. Um, I like now, it, but I don't... 425 that, like Look at the flipper tab, how it's positioned. Like, you know how it's sloped so that your finger would rest on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is the opposite of a certain knife that I own. <laughs> I like the hardware. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> the the, the detent on that thing looks awesome. Yeah, it's actually. made by Ria, I'm pretty sure, because the first one was made by Ria. So, yeah, I think it looks very nice, though. Um, oh yeah, the like the, stone the blade wash, fits into the handle very well. The stone wash titanium scales looks great. It almost looks like that um, that uh, Ferrum Forge pass around we did, like same type of scale finish. Is that a Torx? Looks like a Torx. Yeah, it's Torx. Just custom hardware or pivot. Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. We all know how much custom screws cost. What steel is that? That's why it's four twenty five. I have no idea. I'm guessing um, probably in three ninety or twenty CV. No RWL, please, (laughs) please. Who said that? Who said that? Who would say that? It's just a nice knife. Yeah, it's a nice looking knife. Wait, is this so, for I think that's the already? only good thing that I've seen recently. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. There's the community or the market's kind of dead for new items. Oh the, oh, the market's dead for old items too, man. Yeah, market's is dead. Um, so I found the actual posting, like the listing of this on Recom One. It is four twenty five. Um, do you guys want a quick rundown of the specs? Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay, a blade length uh, 3.125, overall length is 7.125, the actual cutting edge is 3 inches, it is in 390 steel, um, acid stone washed handle, and it weighs about 3.3 ounces, so it's not that bad. Okay, so I was right about the handle being the same type of like acid stone wash as the um, Fortis that I tried. And the, uh, is that just like, literally, they put the titanium ooh. in acid, and then stone washed it? sort of uh, looks like to me look at the pivot tool it comes with that's awesome oh holy crap i just noticed that that is pretty cool it says it's sold out though i don't know if recon one is listing it like that and saying they're going to get them in or if they're actually gone i think they're in they were in but they just didn't market it really good i well, think i wish I'm you told go. me earlier vex you kind of let me down there bud <laughs> <laughs> well if they're gone no but yeah now. the pivot tool is awesome even though it's proprietary that looks sick like it fits in with the the aesthetic very well oh it's not torx 
That'll do it. Interesting. It's not Torx? No. No, it comes with a custom pivot tool. Aww. It looked Torx, though. It did look like it had a Torx. Like a little in the center? I couldn't tell if it's so small, though. It looked like if it was Torx, it'd be like T4. I I like Um, it, but I'm not. Oh, I like uh, the detail in the first hole. You can see the Wingman logo. You see that when it's closed? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. No, cool. th- this knife is this knife looks nice. Um, it's well. I would designed. prefer if it was Torx, but you know that's the only knock I have on it, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's All nice. right. Well, that's cool. Move on then. Um, what about this next knife? Who posted next, this? Next, next we have the Surge Panchenko Thorn Gen Three. Um, Just <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. I guess coming out in December, and it'll have AEBL blade steel, and it will be custom made by Panchenko himself. So, what do y'all think about this? <laughs> what is um, it looking at here? Like, what is that locking mechanism? Well, it's. I think uh, it's a. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, dang it. Um, a friction, what, a friction folder? folder. Yes. Yeah. So, does it cost like what? One hundred twenty-five to one hundred fifty dollars. God, no, I don't know. It's uh, custom. Panchenko's customs, I think. I think the cheapest I've seen is like four or five. Yeah, they're expensive. Really, too. for a you're friction paying, folder and ABL, you're paying for Panchenko. Brian, your knives are underpriced. <laughs> We've discussed this. <laughs> no, but I just I don't see for a, a friction folder that's no, all it's acid literally, wash. So you're, it's you're not you're paying even for like that name. Yeah, you're paying yeah, for the name. It's yeah, it's I, a I tiny. Can't... It's a tiny yeah. knife too. It's only like the blade's like only two inches. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like super a, small. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the design. It looks fine. It's just like I'm looking at where the money comes from. Obviously, it's not materials because it's small and the materials are cheap. It's not the finish because it's all just acid stone washed. So that's not a skill thing either. I you're, mean, you're you're paying for Panchenko's the uh, uh, his his time his the pre order page is up time. Does it say how much it is on pre order? Uh, copper. With like the copper accents, four eighty. All titanium is four thirty. G tens four hundred, and they have yeah. micarta in four hundred as well. That's a lot of money. Let me see. Yep, friction folder. Um, this is like a pocket cleaver. Two inch blade. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not impressed. Four hundred and eighty dollars. It's four hundred eighty dollars. Yeah. For the copper one, yeah. yeah. This is about it. It's like it's funny when you see something like this next to the the knife that we just saw. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> that was not overpriced all, right. all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. It's oh like, yeah. Okay. All right. Whatever. It's like so. When I is mean, everybody like, buying look, their James brand? Yeah, I mean, I and I get it, but like you know, because like, and here's the thing, you know, as a maker, you never want to really crap on another maker's like pricing right that's just as a general principle but this is one of those few cases where no matter how hard i try to justify it i can't see an input of skill or label or labor or materials that justifies that price in any way it's um, chisel ground too i just noticed that looking at right exactly. no, no, no. yeah it is chisel ground. Uh, that, that's why i'm looking at it and i'm like okay acid I mean, stone wash super easy skill wise the materials are cheap and the chisel grind is also easy skill-wise. Like, you can do that with a jig or anything you want. Like, it's very easy to do, even for beginners. I can't see the pricing for this, like, how it makes any sense. So, $400, um, transparent knives, uh, pocket cleaver win? Yeah, no. I, I Honestly, I'd rather shoot myself than do that kind of pricing for something like that. And that's, just, that's just me. Like, I, I can't do that. Like... I don't know. It's not about what people are willing to pay. It's about what I'm willing to sell for. Like, when it comes to that kind of stuff, if you have the reputation even, I still wouldn't do it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but, I don't Why know. Why can't you be a more greedy person, Brian? 
I mean, it doesn't even matter because I'm not big right now. But I'm just saying, if I ever got to that point, I still wouldn't do this kind of stuff. It's just, mm-hmm. just not me. Um, so anyway, Brian so, has confirmed yeah. that his friction folders will be less than $40 when he makes them. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So what about this? Market slowing down? What do we think? Why is this happening? Is it happening even? Um, what are we seeing? Uh, I mean... Saturation. I think everybody's waiting for December because there's a just a ton of stuff coming out like expensive stuff too um you have the pre-order for the micro evo coming up the void is coming out um the ckf 520 um and those are all above 300 dollars. you know sure so you think people are saving money for more knives they're not saving to buy presents for their loved ones i think it's no dude (laughs) (laughs) who would do that it's the silence before the storm of buying yeah we we can oh there were some some more uh, new stuff um the the D2 JG10 squid and the Boker Panchenko copper lancer um but both of those are really cheap like you said we really haven't seen anything super expensive and big and hypey coming out I don't out. know that I would pay $120 for a D2 G10 squid though <laughs> uh, on Blade HQ the 35 bucks if oh you're... oh <laughs> no, no that's just some more on eBay oh, okay I was about to say <laughs> and they're still in stock if you're curious yeah yeah I'm, no, squid, squid's a nice little knife I, I had uh, Darth send me one and it was pretty nice I, I, I was not opposed to it um so it, it was definitely better than the Pilar in fit and finish I'll say that <laughs> for a similar price i think the pilot design is nicer though yeah <clears throat> so i would agree with that so we are thinking then that it's not that people are saving for the holidays to buy beautiful things for their lovely children and their wives and their significant others it is because they are saving money for higher end pieces that are coming up soon <laughs> okay is that would what you guys thinking? buy a ckf 520 or a present for your children yes. that's why i don't have children exactly that's what i'm saying so 520 all day long jacob you're uh, like the only one with kids right so what would you dude do? i don't have any kids <laughs> i thought you had kids <laughs> no i have i have a dog and some cats and a snake i don't have any kids who am i thinking of who did i talk to recently that said they had kids? probably probably will last week maybe well maybe you over. heard that jacob's wife is a children's librarian so you assume she kids. yeah she is Maybe no, that's how you assume she had kids. No, 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 no. It kids. was it was someone it was someone in the Discord Darth? Uh, group. Darth. It was Darth. Yes, yeah, Darth, Darth has, has kids. a couple of them. I think that's who yeah. I was thinking of. He's yep. old though. <laughs> oh, how my old God. is he? I have no idea. I don't know. He's not that old. I think yeah, he's like he's like, like thirty late. something. Okay, that's pretty old. It's old. He's old for the Discord. All right. By the way, did you guys get any new knives? No. This week, yeah, that's my. Um, I, I don't care. This is my segue to talk about my new knives. <laughs> let me let me think real quick. Hold up, I might have. Did I? No, no, I don't think so. All right, I've been dying to talk about these two, dude. Dying. Wait, to talk hold on. About I might have got one. Let me think a little bit. Okay, longer. fine, fine. Hurry it up. Speed it up. <laughs> he's, he's he's trolling you. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Talk, okay, talk so about your the fancy first knife, knife that I got is from Aaron. Um, we all know him on the Discord as AMW1011, and it is the Civivi Insight in Ebony. So this is, I don't know, this is like probably the nicest knife I've handled in the $60 range before I said that was the uh, CH something or another. 3006. Um, right. Did I, did I give that to you, Jacob? 
Uh, you sold it to me. I wish you'd given it to me. <laughs> I think I just basically gave it to you. You charged me $10. So I charged you $2 after shipping. <laughs> anyway, um, so the, this knife is really nice. I did a little, like, review of it. Quick, like, one-minute review video on Instagram. And I actually stonewashed it today. Oh, really? Which I knew I could do because I had already cut tested with it and it cut outcut any other D2 I've ever owned at around 90 to 100 feet of cardboard per inch. Um, and so I was like, okay, it's basically like harder D2 than any other of the other stuff. So the edge won't get too messed up if I stonewash. And also the finishing on these, um, on these budget Chinese knives is actually very high. It's very high grit. So usually what that means is that they're going so high that, you know, they're probably burning it. But in this case, they didn't burn it. It was actually better than the rest. So that's why I was so impressed is that not only was it a high enough grit that I could stonewash in about like 10 minutes and get rid of all the vertical scratches, but also the edge did perfectly fine. Um, and it's, you know, been doing well in cut tests, relatively speaking, right? Because D2 just isn't very good of a steel in general, but for D2, it did very well. So. You just pissed off like half of our viewers. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for D2, it did, it did pretty well. So I'm very happy with the insight. The other knife is... Um... Okay, so I know I mentioned in the last episode I'm not going to buy anything. And usually <laughs> I'm pretty good about keeping Dude, my word. like four he said, days. He said the bug out is going to be my only knife for the rest of time. Don't bother asking me what knife I'm carrying. <laughs> No. So usually, <laughs> look, listen. I, it's not. It's not that I want to like break my word or you know lie about things. It's just that sometimes deals happen. They arise right <laughs> unexpectedly, and you just kind of have to grab them. So I got this knife on the swap. It is a Hinder XM18 Warney Fatty Warney, three point five inches with the choil. This knife is, oh, Gen 6, by the way. So it's in 20 CV steel, not the usual S35VN. And this knife is so nice. I got it for $300. It has a custom micarta scale that came included. Oof. That's like, a good deal, honestly. Like, it's kind of hard. It's, so it's too good. good to pass up. Yeah, it's so good. So many people, right? I, I saw that first instantly because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the swap. <laughs> okay, you know, listen. I, it's not that I'm on the swap because I'm intending to buy things and break my promises and stuff like that. I'm just on the swap because I need to keep up with the market, you know, see what's going on. What are things selling for? Just to update you guys. Just I've been so, there. He's doing it for us mean. now. Thank you. And then you stumble upon a deal that you just can't pass up. I've, right, I've been exactly. there. It's okay. And so instead of passing that deal on to you guys, <laughs> I, bought it, I bought it myself. I thought, so. I thought people just went on the swap just to comment overpriced in every post <laughs> not every post <laughs> oh yeah just but mostly, any of them but, uh, that they don't have money for yeah <laughs> but yeah this was a steal honestly i'm so happy to have gotten it for the price that i got it at i have seen a bunch of hinders get posted this week and all of them were either um worse versions that were a little cheaper or the same version more expensive or worse versions that were more expensive so <laughs> very very happy with this one um yeah, yeah, the action the... is incredible nowadays. Like, I, I know Hinder has a reputation for bad action, but uh, this one is nearly as good as my Shiro Neon Light. Nearly well, I've, good. I've as heard good. his his newest ones are all really good. Yeah, yep. Are we good. running it on excellent. bearings? Yeah, it's excellent. has a controlled drop shut, which um, is my favorite type of action. I love the Warncliffe on it. It's so... It's really aggressive looking. It's the best play mm -hmm. shape he has. With that swedge, oof. Yeah. I need a sheep's foot. 
No. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> a sh- I can't imagine a sheep's foot hinder. Yeah. Get the um, gen That's six, because it's too uh, amazing uh, for you to comprehend. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. Get get the Gen Six for sure, though. If you're um, thinking about I did want I did want to kind of uh, back her up to the insight. Um, uh-huh. That it's got a wooden handle, which is kind of crazy. It doesn't look wooden. Yeah, it feels wooden though. It feels wooden. I, it does kind of look like it has kind of voids in it though, right? It does. Yeah, it yeah. does. It's definitely oh. not stabilized, um, which I guess you have to expect for this price point. Yeah. Um, if if it was stabilized, then the wood itself would cost about forty bucks. Right. So just, <laughs> and the knife is sixty five total. So yeah, it's, really it's definitely cheap. not going to be stabilized. Like, but yeah. you know. For what you get for six, I mean, I remember when you'd buy, like, when we was doing their own, like, their in-house, like, well, I don't know how to word this. When it wasn't, like, they weren't doing a separate thing with Civivi when it was just, like, we budget knives. Yeah, they just had their budget versions yeah. with G10 and stuff. Yeah, yeah. those were, like, $100, and, and yeah. like, G10 and D2, whereas these are much more reasonable priced for what you're getting. Well, a couple of years ago, the best you could get was like a Delica. For, you can't even get a Delica for sixty dollars anymore. No, that yeah. you know. And then these knives come out. Of course, they're they're better. Mm-hmm. No, Delicas are yeah, they're way overpriced now. Personally, I think. By the way, um, yeah. we should inform the podcast that I'm now a certified electrician. <laughs> what? I can't tell if you're serious or not. <clears throat> In case anyone didn't know. Um, I have upgraded to knife maker and electrician, so I'm now have two occupations. It's a new tax added to your knives now. <laughs> what are you talking about? Is that how you so, can afford the hinderer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so what happened is it, it is actually kind of why I could afford the hinderer. So um, <laughs> the GFCI outlet in my garage uh, broke, so the I just didn't have power to mo- my some of my important um, machines, which is why I couldn't do some of my work this week. <clears throat> now, if I wanted to call you know, an electrician and have them fix it, it would cost me money, which yeah. would mean I could not <laughs> afford the hinder. But luckily, luckily, I know Darth. So Darth is an electrician. So he taught me how to change out the GFCI myself. And I did it. And, you know, it's a little crooked. And, you know, some, you, look, listen, you, know, you, you don't get out. things... <laughs> you don't get things perfect on the on the first try, but it works. A hundred percent, it works flawlessly. All my electricity is back. We had a light that was like off, and we thought the bulb had burned out for a month, but it turned out it was just the GFCI being weird <laughs> and not giving power to it. So now the bulb is back on in our garage. Like everything is just perfect. It's great. In addition, I did another electrician thing. Um, my Apple. So I use a MacBook Air for the podcast. Yeah. And uh, my charger has been sort of not that good ever since my dog chewed on it. So I bought a new charger on Amazon and I plugged it in today and it charges. So that's the second electrician thing I did. Is right. I, that's uh, not an electrician. <laughs> I plugged it in and it works now. <laughs> that, um, that's the- so, so you can now do anodization. Is that what you're telling us? I mean... That's kind of below my pay grade, in my opinion. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Considering shade the, there, bud. the extent of things I am now able to do, uh, I don't know if I want to anodize, but I'll think about it. Are you trying <laughs> so, to tell us that you're going to quit knife making all altogether and you're just going to be an electrician? 
No, electrician work is way too hard, now, dude. So. It is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, Doroth, do I have to put this... Where? What? Do I have I to turn, turn off, off the breaker? Yeah, <laughs> turn off the breaker? Which which breaker do I turn off? Just goes and cuts yeah. the power Luckily, line to his house. Luckily, he had me buy a tester to like test the outlet to see if there's still power running through it uh, before I started, you know, pu- putting in the old screwdriver and messing around. Wait, uh, wouldn't that cut into your hinderer fees? Yeah, but it was only seven bucks. So it was okay. Oh, okay. Never mind. That's not nearly as bad as I thought. Yeah. You, you have Darth around at your house all the time. He helps you fix your oven and now <laughs> your outlet. His knife-making oven, don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah, my knife-making oven. Um, Speaking he, of which, I, I sent kitchen. my first test samples to Kurt. So I, I excited and nervous. I, yeah, I tested out some uh, heat treat recipes and cryo and stuff. I mean, my goal is to get the best recipes and not be one of those makers who goes like, this is my secret recipe, you know, like crusty crabs, right? Style. <laughs> like, I, I'm more of like the, uh, I want to find good recipes and sort of just share them. Cause I mean, I don't think that really hurts me. Good um, heat treating recipes. Yeah. Like, you know, cause the thing is like heat treating recipes that you get from industrial like data sheets, mm-hmm. um, they aren't, they aren't that good. Yeah, um, not they for cutlery either. Right, they're not they're not for knives. Yeah, so they they just they'll be like, do not temper under four hundred degrees, and then it's like, okay, but if you actually want the best performance for your blade, you need to temper under four hundred degrees for that steel. So mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's why little things like that. I plan to tinker around and figure out the best recipes, and then maybe just share them on my website or something. That'd be cool. Or you can make that's a cool. book, like a a, a nice yeah, maybe steel maybe a book about that if I accumulate enough uh, information. <laughs> How that's to money. treat. Nah, hey, you'd, you'd be surprised. It is not as simple as it seems initially. You know, get it doesn't seem copy. simple. <laughs> Dude, I think even with terrifying. a free copy, Lion Steel would somehow board it. Right? <laughs> How did oh. he treat in 390? Guys, y- you're killing off potential sponsors here. Let's slow down. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay, all right. All right. I, have, I, have, I have no doubts that Lion Steel will give us a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, well, not I now. Think, I think we're good on that front. Definitely not after that joke. <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, I fully intend to talk a lot of trash about Lion Steel, so I'm just gonna leave, let's leave that one as like a let's leave the, a that one is like the scapegoat. Okay, like we need to have one, right? Like we yeah. need to have one consistent company we that get we one just... shot of podcast. <laughs> and before so we're, we're bypassing six. CRKT, we're going straight to Lion Steel. I know. I don't want to deal with the Italian mafia. Oh my god! Um, Yo, why don't okay? Look, so my heat treat batch, right? I just finished. Uh, got it. It just just got finished yesterday. So Peter's uh, shipped it out, and it should come tomorrow, hopefully. Um, why don't more companies just outsource their heat treating if they're so bad at it? Because it's too much money. Oh, is it though? Because quiet here is vicious this week, Brian. For the drift. I don't think. Yeah, quiet here doesn't make that much knives to begin with. I feel like. That's true. Maybe like it's just too many for the outsourced companies to handle. Maybe it's because it's cheaper and not many people complain about it. Yeah, most people don't even well, care it's cheap about if you don't. It's it's cheap if you don't do it properly, which they aren't. Exactly, and no, so. and not enough people are like. Uh, no one has cared until this year. Yeah, they're not yeah. buying. They're not like protesting the company's um, bad heat treat with their wallets. They're still buying the knives, and so the right, companies aren't going to change. This is now a protesting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's just how it is, you know. It's gonna start yeah. like if you, it's you know that's how it is with anything. If you don't, if you don't buy it, that's what's gonna get the company to change, you know. 
So yeah, that's true. It, it's funny how that works, though. Like, if you're only heat treating like you know small amounts, like I am, it can be cheaper to do it in house. Yeah. And then you know, but then if you do it like in medium quantities, it's cheaper to outsource. And then if you're doing it in large, large, large quantities, it's cheaper to do it in house again, but at low quality apparently. Yeah. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to move to, uh, since we haven't done it yet, and you know, before we get to the main topic of the episode, I wanted to talk about our pocket dumps because we didn't do that. Um, so Ooh, yeah, I'll start. Uh, so I'm carrying my Spartaco Manix 2 in S110V today um, with, you know, the blue uh, blurple G10 scales. I haven't carried this thing in, like, uh, like weeks, like a lot, like, like, I don't know, nine weeks or something like that. Um, so I've been neglecting it. But it's this is one of my oldest knives, actually. Um, and I've been trying to rotate my knives out more and more because, like, over the su- over the summer, I kind of get in a rut where I end up like carrying the bug out every single day because I wear shorts. <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, I don't want to carry my giant Manix two or my you know PM two or whatever because it's just too much for shorts, you know. So I've yeah. um, been trying to force myself now to like rotate out. And uh, this one today, it's kind of funny story with this knife. I took a gigantic chunk. Well, it seems like gigantic. It, you can't tell that it's lost a kind of significant portion of the cutting edge. But when I was, I got this knife when I was like um, 17 and I'm 20 now. God, I've had this knife a long time. I got this knife when I was like 17 and this is kind of when I was still beginning into knives I did this really dumb thing where I'm I'm holding my PM2 in my left hand, my Manix 2 in my right hand, and both are closed. You're dual wielding. I'm dual wielding, <laughs> but they're closed, right? Right. So I'm like, I'm like yeah, and I flick them both at the same time with my, oh my thumbs. God. And well, you know what happens? Uh, the PM2. They caught each other. The PM2 um, comes out like just before the Manix 2 does, but it's swinging out faster. So it slams into the blade of the Manix 2 and takes this huge chunk out of it. Oh and I'm gosh. like, oh my god. Wait, what steals the Manix 2 again? That's 110B. Oh, okay. So it's like the translucent blue one, isn't it? Yeah, the blurple. I like that one. Well, yeah. if it had been S30V, it would have chipped a lot more. Uh, <laughs> god, I don't know, actually. S110V is really chippy. I was, was, was making fun of Brian. Curious because I I used to own an S one ten V before I knew how to sharpen, mm-hmm. and then I also sold it before I knew how to sharpen. So I never actually got a chance to sharpen S one ten V. Well, and like so use it that actually was <laughs> segues. And so here I am, seventeen years old or whatever, with this huge chip in my Manix, and I'm like, well, I guess it's a good time to start being better at the uh, Lansky sharpening system, which <laughs> which. At this time, I don't have diamond stones. I have the mineral stones. You'd be so there I'm all like, day. So I'm like trying to sh- sharpen this uh, S1T, uh, S110V Manix on extra coarse, like the extra coarse Lansky stone, mineral stone. And I'm like, I'm just like grueling at it for such a long time. And I'm, I'm not sure what's, what the deal was with those stones but the the s110v on this manix just really did not like it it did not want to get like a sharp edge like it was always like a wire edge like not maybe not really a wire edge it's just like a it would be a working edge it would never be like 
would never be fine and polished, you know? It would always yeah. just be really choppy. So once I got um, years, like two years later, and I, it, I just always kept a working edge on this. Two years later, once I got like the diamond landscape stones, um, that's when this one, this knife finally was shaving hair sharp again. So that's the that's the story of my dumb seventeen year old self and chipping the crap out of my manix. That was a great story. Yeah. <laughs> As you uh, kept it around, though, most people like dump their knives when they're not happy with it. Like things don't work out. Well, I loved it. I was sad <laughs> I broke it. it. The I'll have to send a picture of it later. The edge is perfect on it. No, I don't usually feel remorse, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we know you don't. I, 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 we know. <laughs> Executioners usually don't feel bad about the stuff they kill. <laughs> so, so bad. <laughs> um, Jacob, do you want to go next? Sure. I'm carrying my Spyderco McB today. Oh, really? Um, I've anodized it gold. $25 jipping. Sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, by far the uh, the best, highest quality jumping I've ever experienced. Um, to be honest, I don't think I know anyone who could do jumping any better um, oh, on a knife like this. Proprietary jumping. Yeah, I mean it. It's 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 really good. I can front flip it really really easily, and now that it's gold, it's beautiful and it's perfect. It is did actually you, very beautiful. Did you anodize it yourself? I did. Neat. I'm is carrying it? the Holt Spectre because um, I might sell Vex. it to buy a house one day. Uh, dang horse. it, dude! Quit carrying such fancy <laughs> knives that I want a little. Should bit. we mention that by the way? The uh, Nick Shabazz charity oh, auction. I, Sure. What's it at so, now? What is? Well, yeah. What is that? Can someone check, please? What that's at right now? Probably like yeah, ten grand. <laughs> so Nick Shabazz is selling twenty five hundred dollars. Okay, oh, so still just uh, what's what is the charity? What charity is he donating to? Uh, domestic violence. Yeah, he okay, always so. he always donates to the domestic violence charity. Gotcha. Which is whichever it's one a it is. fantastic cause, but I don't have three k to drop on the Spectre. Yeah. Yeah. Just get that credit so, card. Okay. It so it's at $2,500. There are still two days left. Um, after, whoever wins it gets a Spectre, one of the old ones that Nick Shabazz had. And that you know, I think, like, what, the difference is donated to charity? No, the entire... Like, the whole thing? It, yes. th- when it's The underpayment instructions, it says you'll make a donation directly to your local domestic violence shelter and send me the receipt. The Holtz donated so you, that knife specifically for the don or the auction. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know. That. Oh, it okay. is that one. I forgot about that one. Now that you mentioned Vex, because I think they gave that to him. Yeah, they gave way. that to him sure. so he could do this yeah. whole thing. Well, that's very nice. It's gonna it's gonna yeah, be so making a lot of money, so that's, that's good. pretty selfless <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a good it's a good cause. Um, he he's doing he got himself uh, a uh, a brand new Spectre. <laughs> Uh, that probably cost this much just up front. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like basically full Damasteel because Nick Shabazz loves Damasteel. So it's got, you know, a Damasteel blade and then a Damasteel inlay on the handle. And it's, I mean, it's I think it's... a titanium it's, bolster yeah. block kind of thing. It's, it's weird. I mean... It's super, it's way too polished for me. I, I know I would scratch it the day I had it. It's neat. It's cool. Yeah, sure. It's unique. It's unique. I'll give it, I'll give it him that. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're going to do an auction, charity auctions are the only ones that are okay to me. I don't really like auctions in general. No, I'd rather just sell it straight up, personally. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I I would agree. Two days left. I want to see how far it goes. I don't know if yeah. they just went crazy on the bidding, because there's already 22 bids. 
But. Yeah, they they've been busy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Brian, you're obviously carrying the uh, Ooh, which one? Which one do you think? <laughs> which one do you think? Huh? Hinder. I think he's carrying the the Civivi. No, it's the Hinder. We heard it popping open earlier. Which one is it? I have, well, I mean, I have both of them next to me for for the podcast. But which one do you think I've been carrying? Flip one, and I'll tell you which one it is. Hinder. Well, you want me to flip the one I actually carry? Flip whichever one, I'll tell you exactly what it is. That's the hinder. Ha! That's just a Vivi. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Dang. He thinks, he thinks he got the audio, damn. <laughs> 50, 50% chance. I was trying to hear the hinder before I get it in hand. This is the hinder. Oh. Why does it sound... There's no way. It sounds, Are you just messing it with me? soft, right? Yeah. It's high pitch. I know, it's so nice. That Civivi that you have hits a lot harder than the ones I have. Yep, the Civivi hits hard. This Hinder, like, even though the detent's so nice and the blade is so heavy, so soft. Oh, oh, my heart. Man, my I can't heart. wait to... Okay, calm down. I can't wait no. to edit right. these uh, these knife-flipping sounds later so they're not <laughs> yeah. loud. Well, now that you've mentioned them in the podcast, you've broken the fourth wall and you have to leave them in. <laughs> yeah. So, people I'm hear actually... Now that people want to hear them. <laughs> yeah, I've actually been carrying the Civivi, not the Hinder at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this is mostly because I'm curious about how the Civivi performs overall. So I'm doing an experiment right now where I'm going to be testing a toothy edge. So I'm going to carry it with, you know, like around uh, 250 grit and then strop edge. Um, so far, my results are that it's literally like the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life. Uh-huh. But <laughs> it, do- it does not cut like paper. It does not cut cardboard. Like it's just awful, but uh, I'm going to keep going at it. See if I eventually come across something that, uh, where the toothy edge does better than the polished edge. Cut, cut um, meat with it. Cut meat with it. I see I, so I've been thinking about that. And so I was actually considering, um, uh, what's it called? I was actually considering like cooking at some point during the next week. Like, you know, yeah. Um. I've I've never cooked before though, so that's the only problem is I don't know how to. Wait, cook. what? You've never cooked anything in your life? No, I I cooked like some pasta once. Uh, right. But yeah, that's about it. So what? I'm not, I'm not really. Uh... Dude, how do you? Didn't you go to college? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you do at college? Well, I mean, at college we had a food budget, so you just go to the cafeteria, but you... and you have a certain budget that you can spend. Well, yeah, um, but like, I mean. I, no, and, not... and you lose the money if you don't spend it, so you might as well spend it. Well, yeah, but still, I'm at college and I have a I have a meal plan and all that. But like, I I, don't I, know, I pretty... cook sometimes. Wait, <laughs> do you eat breakfast? And you eat, what if you get hungry at three a.m.? You just because I know you're up. Yeah, he drinks a glass go... of water. Yeah, then well, no, no, no. I mean, you can use the food credit at uh. Well, I, so I went to Duke for context. You can use the food credit at um the places that are open all night. You went to Duke University? Yeah. Like in North Carolina? In North yeah, Carolina? Yeah. yeah. Bro, And you didn't come and visit me? me? You're kidding that's, me. Why? Bruh. That is such a prestigious school. That's, that's you know, in my that's in my home state. I, I just... Okay, maybe you're a little biased there. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really <laughs> no, good it's, school. It's a, it's, it's a really good school, and now you're wasting your degree making knives? Come on, bro. No, Brian. no, no. I, um, so... <laughs> This is the, this is the story of the knife making. I I got almost a full scholarship to go to Duke, right? I'm going there, and then I get sad because I have mental illness. So then I uh, I leave for a while, 
and then I come back and I leave and I come back and then now I'm on technically I'm on medical leave so I could come back whenever I want but I don't intend to because I'm making knives instead so come um, come back yeah, Brian we'll come back Brian we'll, we'll meet up <laughs> yeah we'll there's, there's nothing I want to study so thanks um, you have to come over to metallurgy <laughs> do metallurgy metallurgy <laughs> so do, yeah then I can become like the Farron Ford you brothers. should do you should do knife law knife law knife law yeah. so I can defend you know people from <laughs> microtech <laughs> you'd be constantly busy <laughs> wow that's actually really interesting I didn't know that Brian I didn't know I was yeah, in, yeah. We, we inhabited the same state what? Yes. for a period of time oh okay it's very interesting yeah so I mean Duke was Duke was really nice and you know the people are nice but it just there's some problems for me living in a place like that like one um living in an apartment alone with my dog is really rough because my dog has separation anxiety yeah so when when i whenever i go to class i come back and he'd rip up the carpet and like tear up the door and then like you know that means that you lose money because you have to pay for that for the apartment yeah that was my problem too yeah same almost exact same situation and then i also got unlucky because i had i lived in the basement floor and there was like a water leak and they had a lot of they had a lot of issues with like I don't know why they could never just fix it properly, but they kept patching it and not fixing it. So uh, I had to deal with water leaks like the entire time I was there. Um, which that eventually, sucks. you know, I mean, and I was too depressed to like really uh, do anything about it. So I didn't complain until I left, and then I was like, you know what, that really sucked. Give me my money back, and then they <laughs> did. So that was okay. But well, that's uh, nice. They <laughs> gave you your money back, actually. Most... Well, I mean, my, like you know, my sister is a is a lawyer. So does Duke oh. does Duke not make you um like live on campus your first year, or did you like um live? so for your yeah so I was I, I went up to fresh uh, sorry I went up to sophomore year oh okay and they require you to be a um on campus until junior year oh wow but I said no I'm sad I wanna I wanna be in a, an apartment <laughs> <laughs> and so they they let me go because I'm here's the thing like who really cares if you're on campus or not right like they don't want to make a big deal out of it so they're like you know what if you need to be off campus so you're closer to your psychiatrist which i had at the time then fine no yeah they're not it was easier for me yeah they're they're not not gonna gonna argue with you if you've got like doctor's notes and all that right exactly right i was like look it is so hard for me to go it it was really hard to go from the campus to where the psychiatrist uh their office was because it was like I don't have a car, obviously. So if I ride my bike, it's like uphill, like right. thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, because no, no. I can't imagine you drove from California to North Carolina. Right. I forty right. I mean, all some the people way. do, but <laughs> yeah. So all right, let's get on to the topic though. Um, so the topic for this episode is folding knives versus fixed blades. Um, I think this is an interesting one because there's a lot more nuance than people might initially think. Um. Because I, I, what do you guys think is like the general reason for carrying one or the other? Um, well, I would use think, case. well, yeah, use case. But I would think like you know, well, basically <laughs> like I would, I feel like I in every situation that I would carry a fixed blade, I would also have a uh, folding knife in my pocket at the same time. You know. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, just like as a backup. You know, but the only time I would really carry a fixed blade. Um, is like if I were going camping or doing something outside, some really heavy duty work, you know, that I didn't want to just completely rely on a folder to do because, you know, like I would say a, 
a lot of times you're going to find a fixed blade more comfortable to hold and use for long periods of time uh, compared to a folder just because it you know it takes more nuance to, uh, to handle design to make a folding knife um, more comfortable than a, a folder does you know yeah I agree with that like there's nothing in my daily life where I need a fixed blade for my folder couldn't do so I carry a folder so I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is convenience, right? Like the yeah. folding knife is more convenient for you to carry. You can, mm-hmm. you know, put it in your pocket, right? So it's, you know, it'll fit in your pocket, first of all. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, that's but, that's fair. Um, well, I think, you know, another thing, uh, people are a lot of, a lot of people using fixed blades are using them for cooking as well, right? So like, you, you make a lot of chef's knives, Brian, right, for mm-hmm. people. So, I mean, like, that's where I would prefer to use a a uh, fixed blade knife rather than a folding knife because I I don't know. I mean, I know some people like to eat and cook with their, you know, pocket knives. I don't. I don't like to cut chicken with my paramilitary too. It's just I don't want to. I've used a Spidey Chef for that and <laughs> it worked just fine, but I can also like completely wash out that knife. I wouldn't just use some random No, yeah. knife from my collection well, to just, cook. That'd be a I don't want to deal with getting gunk like food guts yeah. up in there acidic steak up in the pivot and all that crap have to watch and you know it's just easier to use a fixed blade for that so yeah um, so let's say we're talking about kitchen knives so i thought we were going to talk about camp knives first actually um because you know one of the things that people usually talk about when they say folding versus fix is they say okay if you need a sturdy knife where the lock won't fail because there isn't a lock use a fixed blade like you know mm-hmm. um and so that people are usually talking about like camping knives, you know, bushcraft knives. Like you yeah. wouldn't want to use a folding well, knife for that. You know, in our case, I think most of us are um, not outdoorsy people. So <laughs> unless maybe yeah, one I mean of that's you very are. right. Oh yes, I think most of us aren't. Uh, but that's definitely a case where you would want to carry a fixed blade. Is yeah. if you need to depend on the sturdiness of the knife. Um, mm-hmm. Now, one thing to mention though is you know um, there are. Uh, hidden ting and full ting fixed blades uh, obviously if you want the reassurance of like you know no lock and it being sturdy you want full ting because you know for sure yeah. uh, hidden ting is basically the same as like a locking knife like they're both not as strong as full ting just naturally mm-hmm. um, but yeah but I, I like that you mentioned kitchen knives because i think that um they're the kitchen knives are like a good uh i don't know what to call it like a good I, example of a I think fixed that's blade what... that I think that's yeah. what most people will be able to relate to because that's that's going to be a fixed blade that I think most everyone is going to at least have in their home. Yeah, that right. They use on and a so to think about basis. it this way, think about the profile of a ten-inch chef knife and making that into a folding knife. It's not that it's not possible, but the handle would be so big and bulky because yeah. of you know how wide the blade is and like. Benchmade did it. Did they? <laughs> Yeah, they have a folding. They made a folding prototype where the blade's longer than the handle. Oh yeah, Benchmade. Oh, yeah, oh, cool. the one where the handle like sort of gets bigger, right? It, like yeah. there's like a section. Yes, that comes but that's out. wildly impractical to carry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not only it's it's not only impractical to carry in the kitchen, it's not very nice either because it's so much more convenient to have a knife block where you just put all your kitchen knives in and just pull them out when you need them, right? Yeah, stick them back in like a wooden knife uh, block. Yeah. Exactly. I think I just think that, you know, it's easier to do. So when it comes to convenience, there are actually situations where fixed blades can be more convenient than folding knives. I think that's one situation where, you, don't, you know, they're easier to clean. Um, you don't need to have like a weird shaped handle to accommodate your blade. Um, 
You know, I, I just think that there is... So the kitchens are a good example of an area where fixed blades are, in my opinion, actually more convenient mm-hmm. yeah, than for sure. a folding knife. Um, another example is like, you know, with uh, kitchen knives, a lot of times you're going to be working... You're going to want to be uh, able to have a lot more real estate than you would have with like a folding knife. You know, like you're not going to want to be cutting up, you know, carrots with like a, you know, your pilor. You're going to want this, you know... You're gonna want to be able to do a lot more work a lot more quickly. Um, yeah. So you know, so size it, is gonna matter a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, and that that also applies to like you know bushcrafting and stuff like that. If you're trying, you know, if you're out in the wilderness and you're trying to cut up uh, wood for a campfire and you're like you know um, batoning or something like that, you're definitely gonna want something that's uh, more sturdy, bigger, you know just more well equipped to do something like that you know in a pinch Um, yeah i agree um and so uh what else oh there's also uh fidget factor Mm -hmm. right so for you that's the reason why a lot of people like their folding knives over fixed blades is they like to play with them no you can't fidget Um, with a full a fixed blade very well i mean unless you've got a cool holster you can put a fidget spinner on it I mean, yeah, you <laughs> could, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Epoxy a fidget spinner to the <laughs> handle. Sounds Wait, that'd be awesome. Imagine, no, no, no. You have a flat, so you have a flat bottom handle, and you epoxy the fidget spinner to it so that you can hold it while <laughs> while while spinning the. That's genius. No, I'm gonna I, do that. I did have a. I did have do this. It, Brian. I do have. I still have it. It's just kind of rusted. Surprisingly, I don't even know how. But I have this neck knife. Um, that oh, it's uh it's the K bar na- uh, snake charmer, and it's an S thirty five VN um K bar fixed blade. That's meant to be a neck knife, right? Um, and it's a very simple knife. It's just like uh, a tang and then a like a a clip point ba- blade, and then there's a circle or a hoop or a loop, whatever you want to call it for your. Oh, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, kind of like it's uh, wavy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah, it's like a snake. Uh, but that knife was kind of fidgety. The 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 holster it came with was kind of neat. It, um, I don't know how to explain it other than that it clipped around the back of the blade, um, and you could pop it out, and then you could spin it around on your pinky finger. So I guess if you want to do something like that, kind of, you know, playing around with something like a karambit or something like that, then yeah, it's a little bit fidgety. Yeah. Um... Seems now, slightly dangerous. It is. When we look at when we look at the companies <laughs> that make fixed blades, there aren't a lot of companies that use more modern steels. Yeah, it's like so, PG-10. You know, we're talking K bar, SE. Um, you know, I don't know what else is there. Bark uh, River, well, Ontario, Tops. Becker, uh, yeah, Bark does. River. So Bark River would actually probably be the most high end of the steel users in terms of the fixed blade industry. Um, Whereas, like, you know, most of the ones I mentioned don't really do anything other than high-carbon steels. Yeah. So, if you do want to try out really nice steels, you usually have to go for folders. Like, you're not really seeing that many Vanex or, Spyderco. You know, Spyderco. The one Spyderco, yeah. the fixed blade Spyderco the, makes is, like, Fiji Town. The Mule Team. Oh, the, they well, do have the Mule series. You're right. You're right. They have the Mules, yeah. Um, so I don't even know where to buy know, those at. Uh, you don't get to buy I have them. No idea. What? No, you don't get to buy them. You have to sign up for the Mule Project, and then um, if you get selected, I think you get to you get to buy it. Then that'll do it. Yeah, it's it's actually really cool. Like, and it, you only get like 
the knife and you know it's like just tang and blade. Yeah, there's no scales or sheath no, or these anything. are yeah and so the 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 spider mule teams don't really count to me because they're not really production and they're sort of hard to get so you know they're not yeah, really they like, seem very like focused on um kind of advertising different blade steals to people yeah they're not really for sale themselves as much yeah yeah, but um, it they is are cool. very affordable, though. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, yeah, that's. I think that's just the way they meant it to be, anyway. Mm-hmm. You know? Just to try it out, you know, try out that steel. It's very simple. Design. It's really cool when they pop up on the swap, like people running for them, you know, because mm-hmm. they are unique. Um, yeah, like some of the latest ones were Micro Melt A A Eleven LC Two Hundred N Maximet. So yeah, you know, you get to try out some interesting stuff. Yeah, but you are right for the most part, most. Uh, fixed blade knives they just don't really end up being fancy steel like you don't see a lot of like crazy seals on those like i don't i can't even think of any real m390 uh, fixed blades off the top of my head not as many at least as there would be folders so right now there are some so the excuse that people give is that uh, my parents came back um the the excuse (laughs) that people give is that uh high carbon steels are tougher so if you want to have a tough knife then you got to go high carbon and then that's why they use that for like bigger knives bushcraft camping etc and they also say that you know for uh for kitchen knives you should use high carbon because it takes a keener edge um so you know and i think that people have sort of muddied this concept in their heads where it's like they're giving high carbon all the best qualities (laughs) When it's like, you know, when those are different high carbon steels, like high carbon steels are just as varied within themselves as a category as stainless steels, right? Yeah. So, you know, the the, the high carbon steels that are tough are not the high carbon steels that take keen edges necessarily. Some of them are, Mm -hmm. but those are also very expensive and aren't the ones that are being used. So if you're talking about like M4, yeah, it's very tough and it takes a very keen edge. Is that the steel that most of these... Fixed blades are using? No, it's not. Um, they're using like 1095, right? <laughs> yeah. So 1095, is it tough? Yeah, does it take a keen edge? Not really. So I, I think people need to uh, be a little more discerning with like which high carbon steels are being used in these fixed blades because they're not bad, but you do need to make sure you're getting the right ones. So, so why do you think that like in the chef knife market, and I know that's like a whole can mm-hmm. of worms, why do you think that yeah. VG10 is like the big, big dog steel in the chef knife market because i never thought vg10 to be the best steel in any case really um probably ease of sharpening and the the keen edge it can take yeah Plus it's and it's fairly stainless right yeah so um so here's the thing so vg10 is a japanese steel right, right. and people associate japanese steel with very good cutlery um they they associate japan with good good kitchen knives right Mm -hmm. um so that's part of it actually is that you know people think oh it's you know japanese knives very good cut long cut sharp cut long Uh, (laughs) so i mean that's that's honestly a very big factor if vg10 was if vg10 was made somewhere else um i don't think it would be as popular as it currently is in the in the chef knife market so i think that's a very like a big big deal the other thing is that vg10 has the advantage of taking a very sharp edge but you know it doesn't keep it very long Mm -hmm. but here's the thing a lot of people when they're quote-unquote testing a kitchen knife all they do is try to do uh fine edge testing um so they don't do like a cardboard cut test or anything like that they'll do like a fine edge test where they'll like you know put half pieces of a grape 
on a table and try to like slice it off or something. You yeah, know what I mean? If you've ever seen this. No, I know. What you mean. Slice it as yeah. thin as you can. Yeah. Exactly. So, like right, without moving the grape. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, tests like that, you know, VG10, it's possible to do that. Um, but, you know, it's not going to keep that edge very long. Or it, right. So, basically, it'll take a fine edge, but that fine edge isn't very useful because it doesn't last that long. Yeah. Like the moment that you yeah. cut into a, a chicken bone, it's. It, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but when you're looking at how people advertise these deals, they're 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 mixing them together. So it'll be like, this is VG10, excellent Japanese Nippon steel. I'm just kidding, not Nippon, but like good steel, right? Yeah. And then they'll show a video of them like doing a fine edge cutting task, and then people are bought in. People buy into that image of, oh, this is a really good Japanese knife. So. I well, think yeah. that's why VG10 is so popular. It's also very cheap, so people think that they're getting excellent quality for a very low price. Well, um, yeah, you know, that, yeah. the chef knife market is kind of weird, right? Because that's like a market that blends normal households with like an enthusiast community, you know? Right. Like, so they get some sort of enthusiast light, you know? Yeah. I think um, the biggest determining factor, in my opinion, is. The fact that the chef knives, the high quality ones, the geometries on them are so ridiculous. You could put any still on the knives and it will cut just because yeah. the geometry is so ridiculous. So you could put mm-hmm. a freaking 2CR or whatever you want. Or what's it called? 8CR? Eight eight, three, yeah, 3CR. Three there's 2CR. Oh. Yeah, there's 2CR too. You can put <laughs> that on the chef knife. It'll still cut, but of course the edge, the apex is going to dull right away. But the fact that yeah. the geometry is so good. Doesn't matter what you put on it, really. See, so that's right. why I guess my point was I went. So why use VG10 over any other steel? I just think it's that, plentiful and cheap. Oh uh, yeah, plentiful, it, cheap, and Japanese. You know how much <laughs> profit I bet they make off some of those knives with how high they price them, and they're still just oh, VG10. Probably like two hundred percent. Yeah, like it's yeah, they make a huge profit. Wild. And they could kick them out like crazy. I'm sure those chef they they, they pump them out so many yeah so many people are buying them. The margins are huge. Like that is where the, that's why Kai is so big in my opinion. Like those chef knives that they pump out in VG10, like those sell like hotcakes, and they're selling so many of them relative to like pocket knives. Kai, like, that's what that's where the money is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the people that own you know, uh, Kershaw, uh, yeah, Kershaw, ZT, and Shun is their kitchen knife mm. kitchen knife division. Um, yeah, they sell a lot of knives. But they are good quality like, knives, but like we said, the the base materials or the raw materials are so cheap, they're making a killing. Yeah, just off yeah I mean, you know, I yeah, that's why I've been thinking at some point, you know, when I get a CNC, like, I might just do some very cheap, obviously, because they're not really handmade anymore, but very cheap kitchen knives and slightly better steels so that like, people actually get knives that are decent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd buy them. Yeah, like, I, I, I would, I would have... love to do like a very like very cheap kitchen knife sets and like you know pretty handle materials but not super expensive and like nicer steels than VG10 and just you know oh yeah it, be... it would be super efficient for me. That'd so, be that'd be awesome actually if you made little sets like just little yeah like, that's that that's something be, I want to do in the future. For that'd sure. be amazing gifts like if you even if it was like cheap little like you know just wooden handles and all that stuff like that'd be awesome. Oh, if you can match the the handle wood to the knife block wood. <laughs> that'd be sick that would be, be those would be, be yeah. amazing yeah. spouse I, I am actually already thinking of making some sets but they're obviously going to be handmade because I don't have a CNC yeah. Um, but yeah I wanted to do some sets of like you know where like it'll be like uh, the same handle materials with like the same stripe of material so you know little things mm-hmm. like that hit um, me up if you decide to sell one of the sets because I've, I've kind of been looking around for a decent set um, so I'd be potentially interested mm-hmm 
Yeah. Uh, cool. But yeah, those are those are all plans for the future. Obviously, I have to finish my current batch first. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of knives, like fifty six knives. Yeah. Yeah, you've been really busy lately. Yeah, it's been it's actually been crazy. Um, because especially with the reblade thing too. So I I have to cut out thirty five reblades, and then I also have to uh do the fifty six knives that are coming tomorrow. So so actually, like almost they're coming back tomorrow. Yeah. Coming oh. tomorrow. You should. I got uh, the UPS notification. So explain like what what's going on with this reblade thing. Like what what what's your what are you doing with this? Is this something you're trying to do? Like are you trying to start oh. reblading or like what's the um deal? not necessarily. It's just like a I just wanted to kind of try it and if it goes well then I'll keep doing it for sure. But mm-hmm. basically, Will, who was our guest on the last podcast episode, um, yeah. he designed a reblade for me. Like a, re- a a new shape for the nine uh, Benchmade nine forty. Um, the reason for that is I made a test reblade just to see if I could do it um, of a nine forty reblade that was designed by someone else. <clears throat> and he asked me, you know, hey, I don't want you to really sell my design, which is fine because he designed it. That's perfectly okay. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I need a new design, so I asked Will to make me a new blade shape. And so he made this new blade shape for me, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, so I showed it to people. Um, I, I did a, fl- a full flat version and a saber grind version, yeah. and people really liked it. It was by far the most popular thing I've ever posted on Instagram. Um, oh, it's it's gorgeous. You so, will knock it out of the park, and you and you yeah he he did like he did it, yeah he did a really good design. So it's a spidey hole nine forty reblade with a swedge. Um, and it's almost a spear point, but a little bit lower. And it's um it was I liked it so much that I was like okay at first I was gonna make twenty, but I like it so much and so many people wanted to buy it that I was like, I'll make 35. Mm-hmm. So I'm making 35 and then I was like, I, I kind of put this out there as like, I don't even know if anyone wants this, but uh, if any YouTubers want to buy it, I'm going to reserve five for YouTubers to review. Yeah. Um, and people just like, it was within like an hour, like, you know, they were all those spots were taken. So I was like, okay, well, I guess people do want it. So <laughs> what YouTubers? Um, um, so it's going to, Not me. <laughs> uh, did you, did no, you I don't own, own a, I don't own a 940. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, it's, it's, uh, let's see, it's going to super steel, Steve, uh, Tom hosting outdoors. Yeah. Bros. Stasa 23. And, uh, Nick Maffe is not a, uh, YouTube reviewer, but he's going to review it on, on Instagram. So I said that was fine. Okay, cool. Um, I'm excited to see Tom's video on that. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I want to see a cut test, um, uh, by it. You know, by Tom and uh, Steve. Real sixty-two I mean, HRC. Well, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm very, I'm always very curious about how my own knives are going to perform. So I like to see cut tests of my knives. I know some makers are nervous about it and they don't like seeing it. I don't really understand what the nervousness is about because if it doesn't do well, you can just improve, right? Like it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, so I I always like seeing my stuff get tested, yeah, and so this is the first case where I get to see Peter's stuff get tested because I I haven't really um, I used Peter's years ago, and that was for like the first knives I ever made, and those have never seen the light of day. Uh, so these will be the first knives that I make uh, publicly that will be heat treated by Peters, who are have the best reputation for heat treating in the knife business. I want to see how their knives at my geometry perform. Like that's something I'm really curious about. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see it. Really, they're really, really cool. Seems like it's something people really want too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I was like, oh, I didn't think the demand would be because I was like, I'll make twenty and hope they sell, you know? Yeah. And then people are like, um, can I get on the list? And I got like so many messages saying, can I get on the list? Which there is no list. Uh, <laughs> but 
yeah, but I was like, just that made me say, okay, I'll make more. You know, so, um, how much does it? How much does it cost? Like how much? Like if I were, they're gonna be a hundred eighty-six dollars ship. For the yeah. for just the blade. Yeah, just the blade. What steel is that in? It's a two hundred four P, so M three ninety basically. Nice, pretty good. Very nice. Yeah. So, yeah. and then so, you know, if this one sells out, I'll do different steels. So do like, you like? Probably. You just send them. How do you? How do you do this? Do you like mill out like? Well, so you just like. Oh, to Peters. No, 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 no. Like, so do you send the peep like when you're sending to a customer? Do you just send it to mm-hmm. the blade? I mean, send the blade like just like wrapped up. And then they install um, it. I've been thinking about doing like a, a cute little box, maybe. I don't know. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Cause just because it's just a blade, so it's like I kind of want to do something yeah. a little. And then the customer like but, takes it out and they, they install it themselves like a. Yeah, like it's just a blade. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, you just, you know, pop out your old. Um, for anyone who's listening, actually, if you own a 940, you don't have to disassemble the whole thing. You can just take out the pivot screw, poke it, poke it out the other side, and then, you know, pull out the blade. And then you can, you know, put the new washers on the both sides of the new blade, stick it in, and then finagle it a little bit, and then, yeah, you'll you'll have the blade back in without having to take the axis fire apart. It's, you make it sound like it's as easy as easy. You know, I it was hard for me at first. I struggled for, like, two hours figuring out how to do it the first time, but after I got it, I've, been, I've done it so many times now that I'm like, I could do it in, like, maybe 15 seconds. I remember, like taking, apart, I remember taking apart my Benchmade Griptilian and trying for... <laughs> two out yeah like two hours just trying to get it put back together and Whoa. like like you'd almost bark, get bark. it i am all might uh, yes, bark, another bark. all might to edit out no <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh like trying to get it together and then uh then the washer like pops out and slams down onto the table i'm like what the heck you know? yeah so the strategy there is you so you, you you put the washers on both sides of the of the blade right yeah and then you and then you're holding the you're disengaging the axis bar. You stick it in, and then what you do is you take a very thin stock knife with a thin edge, and you p- poke the washers in so it's all the, it's the, so the washers are basically aligned with the pivot hole and the blade hole. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now once you can see air, you take a T6 Torx bit and you you know you just mash it around in there, and that'll make it so that it's all perfectly aligned. Yeah, that's basically. What and then I did. and then I just shove the pivot in, and it, just, it works. Every it just time. takes a lot of like until you kind of figure out exactly like yeah, your method. Yeah. Like I would I would use like a I was using a paperclip to finagle everything around, try to get everything lined up correctly. Because that's basically it's easy. It's just that you have to get everything lined up just perfect. You know. Yes. That's yes. The yeah. Yeah. I hate taking knives apart. It's so tedious. Oh, I I, <laughs> I, I love it. it. I, I don't, love it. I don't when mind it like, for most of them. I love it when yeah. it's like a uh, like a frame lock flipper. It's like, daggum. Yeah, you can't like, mess that up. It's like cutting butter, you know. Like but it's like, it's not hard. But like when anything it's with a spring crazy, in it, no, no, oh god, no. oh my god. Benchmades in general are kind of suck. As far as like disassembly, I don't don't remind me of the spring, the taking, Mordex spring. Taking apart my <laughs> my Manix too. God, my favorite one is uh, any integral. Like my Python is like thirty seconds. Oh yeah, it's integrals so are the biggest oh brain god. disassemblies. Button locks, button locks are don't card. Don't hey, talk hey, about button imagine locks. imagine taking apart a uh, CRKT button lock. Yeah, see, button locks are the ultimate fidget <laughs> tool, but the truth is they are such a hassle to take apart. Like, it's unreal. Yeah, because trying <laughs> the spring, man, trying to get that button spring to stay there and not fly out of place, you know, 
Yeah, I've my lost worst one was the uh, a spring that way. It was awful. The Benchmade Megumi because it's kind of a it's a knack lock, so it's kind of like the Spiderco um, smock lock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like a quarter of the size, mm-hmm. and it has a bunch of other little tiny parts in it because it's it's a uh, it has like wood and carbon overlays, and those are separate. It has a screwed in octagonal stop pin, which makes no sense. What? Um, yeah, it's horrible. Also, the um, the button itself, unlike the smock, actually unscrews from the lock. You have to do that to disassemble it. It's like twenty parts, and That's it, was, crazy. it was a nightmare. The smock lock is also another you know thing because this like second detent ball, like Frogger from our Discord, he lost the detent ball. <laughs> I almost did that myself. I took mine out, but uh, I almost lost the detent ball in the spring. Gosh. What? He would have <laughs> it just the, wouldn't have worked. <laughs> the problem is when you pull the knife apart, it instantly shoots it that detent ball up. Why? Yeah, is it just held in by a freaking like gum or something? No, the detent <laughs> ball sits on top of a spring that's under tension. It's, oh. it's effectively pressurized. That's nuts. Yeah, yep. and it just flies. Yeah, pal. It's like it's opening not, up well, a yeah. can of soda. You know. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, that's it. carbonated it that's smog. Sort of, that's sort of just a feature of the design because in order for the button to be pressed up, it has to constantly be under pressure. Yeah, so. it's got to be have spring tension. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't know. It's it's like pick your poison. Yes. Oh, also, I should mention by the way, I've been doing poons for free. What? So, if anyone doesn't know what that means, uh, I've been doing harpoons, oh. harpoon, regr- harpoon re- uh, reshaping of the blade into harpoon uh, for free. Dang, for so, free? That's crazy. Yeah, you know, just for the cost of shipping, but I will probably not be able to do that for much longer because, you know, I have so much, all, all the stuff I just mentioned I'll that have I have to, to do. So, I'll have to ask, I might get you to poon some I'll stuff. Have to ask my girlfriend yeah, so anyone wants... who wants poon, uh, make sure you contact me immediately. <laughs> I'll have to ask my girlfriend if she wants her 0450 uh, harpooned. Oh, yeah, so any any stuff like that, like in the in the next week or so, it has to be because after next week, I'm pretty much just working every day until night. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool though. That's really nice of you to offer that for free plus shipping. That's fun to do, and it's so easy to do. I mean, yeah, yeah all they have to do is pay eight dollars shipping, and I'll do it. Send it back. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, I would. I would even do the shipping if I was rich, but I'm not rich, so no, I can't pay eight dollars every shipping's time. Shipping's expensive. <laughs> shipping's like crazy. yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you think, ship ten things, eighty bucks. Yeah, Oof. that's crazy. So yeah. I use first class and a padded envelope. It's like three dollars. That's true, but you know, no one wants to get their stuff in that. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it generally. Just put yeah, a box in it. If it's like cheap stuff, I don't mind. If it's if it's like a three hundred dollar knife, that better come in prime. My Thorburns came like that. My Thorburns came like that. What? You're saying you don't Dude. want a one hundred eighty six dollar reblade in a paper envelope? <laughs> no, actually, to be to be one hundred percent honest with you, I wouldn't care. Well, if it gets to me, that's all that matters. Uh, now, if it were like a six hundred dollar, I'm a, I'm being conservative here. Uh, Thorburn, yeah, I'd be a little pissed off. <laughs> So your your Thorburns came in like, like the padded envelope specs. Yeah, wow. Because I paid hilarious. for one day shipping. Oh really? It's like you pay nine hundred dollars oh. for a knife. What's another fifty dollars? Nothing. <laughs> True. True. Jesus. Christ. Wow. So you got 900? it. You got it next day. Yeah, that's nice. Think I have any type for nine hundred dollars? It better ship in a freaking chest. <laughs> a stork drops it off. <laughs> They better hand deliver it to me. <laughs> how many? How many? High, how many Thorburns do you have? Three. How much are they? Nine hundred 
I just totaled my knife collection, and I think Vex has me beat just by owning ridiculously expensive one of knives. His Thorburns just... is, one of his Thorburns is close to the price of my entire collection. I mean, I, I don't have that much right now, so... Brian, <laughs> you own like $350 worth of knives. Uh, Brian, so, Brian, is it... I don't know if you're able to... I don't know what you and Will have agreed or whatever but aren't you uh-huh. aren't you working on like some designs for will like some like yes know, fixed yes. play designs mm-hmm. so well, what what'd y'all agree about that like how how did that come about did he just ask you we should have asked this on the last podcast but did he just ask you like um if you would do designs for him or what no uh so what happened is so i so i'm super efficient with how i cut out my steel yeah. Um, and so based on that is what the steel price comes out to when I put it in my price breakdown. And there was this one thing that was bugging me when I do wide blades is that, you know, the handle is still going to be the same width, but the blade is much wider. All of that space in between or underneath the handle, right, is just wasted steel because I can't fit another knife in there. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, Will, I need you to make a small knife for me, like a small design that'll fit. In, so I'm not wasting that steel. Mm-hmm. And then that's where we came out with that small neck knife, the guppy that's going to be coming out soon. So, so that, that small one is going to be uh, is what is what started that. And then I was like, hey, this is really nice. And then he was like, oh, well, I can make more. And I was like, okay, well, the things that I'm looking for are things that I'm not really um, don't know that much about designing. So mm-hmm. the first thing I told him to design for me was a camp knife because I don't have any camp knives that really in my um, I don't know design collection, yeah. I guess. So uh, he designed the beaver for me which is a camp knife. And he was explaining to me like all the elements he was thinking about, like, Hey, this is like a thumb divot where you can like, you know, have a lot more like grip. And then this is for like a striking stakes into the ground, which is like why the tang is shaped flat at the bottom. Like all this stuff he was explaining to me about like camp knives and what makes them good. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. So we, so as we were talking about that, then like, you know, we just had him make some other designs too, like, you know, slicier knife and stuff like that. So all those things were elements to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, we considered things like, you know, given the steels that we have available, what designs would be good. So obviously the camp knives will be in like 4V or 3V. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, we had a slicer. I have so much 204P, um, which you would never use in a camp knife. So I had so much 204P that I was like, okay, what's a good slicer? And so we had a slicing like scalpel-like design. So, you know, that's sort of how it came about where I just had all the steel and I had leftover steel that was being wasted. And I was like, I need an efficient way to use this stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so, <clears throat> so I really like that. Who came up with the names of these? Oh, I had Will come up with all of them. Oh, whoever really? designs it should uh, come up with names. Are, yeah, he, he struggled. Those are, <laughs> yeah, but I really like them. I like what he came up with. The Guppy, like that's that's great. Oh, I love the Guppy. The, Guppy's a great Guppy name. is um, a fantastic name for a knife. Yeah, Guppy is a great name. Beaver. The Warncliffe. The Warncliffe is called the Perch because it looks kind of like a perched. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like makes, that one too. It makes um, so much sense for Will to name these designs like this because of his um, canoeing or kayaking background. This this is fantastic. Does he actually? Oh, okay. That's, that's a cute little. I name. know his logo is like a canoe. I didn't know if he actually canoed. Uh, yeah, he said. Yeah, I didn't know that. No, I actually didn't know that. No, okay, so uh, a little backstory. I feel bad because he was on the last podcast. Keep talking about. We should have invited him on this podcast. <laughs> he would have. He probably would have said yes. But, anyways. Um, yeah, Will uh, was very close with his grandfather, and they—I think—I think—I 
could be wrong but he he did a lot of like kayaking or canoeing i think i think it was kayaking um but yeah that's like that's like a big part of his uh history and his like ah that's why the beaver yeah so that's like why that's why it's like so fish themed it seems like i think yeah, that, that makes complete sense now. He literally gave me zero justification for these names <laughs> at the time. He's so like, you're just like, he likes aquatic creatures. <laughs> he likes aquatic creatures. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was like, okay, I mean, if you like water stuff, no, fine. So I, mean, I don't know. The way, yeah, so the water way he, he kind of, you know, so he originally, I still have one of, somewhere, I still have one of his old business cards of Parsons Blade Works, which was like, just like a... a oh, you're right, it was a boat! It's a well, no, that's that's what it is now. But before it was just a blade. This is some a blade that he made, like he just made like a little graphic design of the blade, and then put Parsons mm-hmm. Blade Works on it. Um, but then you know we we're me and Will and Shaman are talking in um, Shaman Shill for those who don't know. He's another moderator on our Discord. Um, we were talking, uh, and uh. Shaman Shill uh, was, he used to be a, uh, he has experience in graphic design. So he basically um, asked, well, somehow there came about that Will was talking about how his, uh, his logo wasn't that good and blah, blah, blah. blah and Shaman basically said, hey, I'll, I'll make one for you. And so now that's who made his logo now, his new, his boat logo, which is a lot, uh... very nice, very fitting, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. he wanted a logo that he could also like maybe eventually put on like you know something you could like you could put the boat onto a knife blade it would like it look good kind of like your like your dog logo like the boat would mm-hmm. also fit. yeah we thought about um putting it like on one side of the blade mm-hmm. his logo yeah but uh, I don't know yet if he wants to do it because it does cost a lot of money <laughs> yeah it does cost but it, very cool it, that's gonna be good for him and uh and you both especially for him since he's like you know like a new designer yes know. he needs exposure yeah. and more posts yeah. on instagram yeah he doesn't Every, everyone go check out will's instagram page go parsons follow him blade works. yes he's at parsons blade works go follow him go check out his posts we are telling him to post more because he has cool stuff to post but he's just not posting it so <laughs> <laughs> he's not posting it <laughs> He's a good. He's a good guy. Really good guy. Good friend. If you think about all the knives that he gets and doesn't do like NKD posts and stuff, he's yeah. missing out. It's so much missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Will. He's, he's gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "They're bullying on the <laughs> bullying, podcast. <laughs> bullying me." He's like, "I'm not even there, and they're still bullying me." <laughs> yeah, me and me and Jacob pick up on pick on Will a lot, just all the time. He, 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 he's a good sport. No, yeah. He has to be. I never pick on anyone. I disagree with everything he says. You pick on <laughs> knives. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's really cool. I'm glad we talked about that because I had no idea kind of like anything really other than the fact that you were making knives like designed by Will. I didn't know anything other than that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really no, cool. those, those are going to be super cool. Like I have a lot of plans for this next batch to make them extra special like everything is like finished higher everything is going to be like more expensive handle materials like i have that collection of handle materials yeah um, that i showed in my youtube video it's like all it's all going to be like pretty and that and that sounds expensive but they're not going to be that much more expensive does he get like does he get like royalties or do you, do you did you pay he does yeah okay. so the, here's the problem with will um he's too uh he makes good designs 
but he's too shy about them. That's why you never see him share any of them. Uh, he's also so, scared. Uh, well, yeah, so he he was like, oh, well, it didn't take me that long to design this, so you can just have it for free. And I was like, you just gave me five designs that I'm using to make money and you don't want any compensation. <laughs> so obviously, like, I offered to, you know, I am actually paying him. Yeah. Um, well, I was wondering, I didn't know if you did, money. like, a flat fee or if, like, you know, or if you did royalties. Um, it's whatever I want because he doesn't ask me for anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the yeah, so I actually pay him more for the fixed blades mm-hmm. because those are things that I needed at the time. Yeah. So that I actually give him a lot. I give him ten percent, mm-hmm. which is actually hefty when you think about how much my knives cost in general. Right. Yeah, that's um, a good amount. So because that's like that's like about like yeah like twenty five like twenty two dollars per knife about. That's pretty good. And then for the reblades, um, we. Yeah, that one I think I gave him like a flat amount of like eight dollars. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like five percent. So five percent for the reblades, and because that's just the blade. Uh, this is my logic in my head. I'm like, you only designed the blade, so I'll give you five, and then for the whole thing, a blade and a handle, it's ten. That's my mm-hmm. logic. I don't, I don't, I, I didn't actually think about it that hard. Yeah, um, but also, but also, <laughs> he didn't like, he didn't like tell you this. He could have led the. Well, he just said he just said you, he just said you can have it for free. So mm-hmm. I was like, no, he you... doesn't like getting paid at all. Yeah, well, I was I, like I, I've that had too him do for stuff a for me, time. and he's like, like, no, you don't need to pay me. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I'm I'm still kind of like that, but I was more like that before until I had like Aaron and other people convince me like you should get paid for your work. Mm-hmm. So the, a lot of stuff I did for free, like I did some regrinds for free and stuff too. Yeah, where's my day, where's my so. podcast editing paycheck? <laughs> you did that by choice. I'll give you a bag of Skittles. I'll take a bag of Skittles. <laughs> give me your address. I want. I want some Skittles too. I, I just. Yeah, I want Skittles. I just finished I some cookies too. I finally finished Jake's candy that he sent me. So I'm out of candy. Oh yeah. I forgot I had I'm sent you that. <laughs> Jake didn't just forget that he sent you candy. He also forgot to send me. Candy, which felt kind of bad. I didn't forget. I'm shipping stuff out tomorrow. <laughs> Um, well, is there, we can start. It's going to come in an envelope. It's not going to come in a priority. I'm not paying $8 to ship candy. Well, do you guys want to kind of like wrap this <laughs> podcast up in a nice little bow? Yes, this in is a nice bow. Sure. hate doing this podcast. <laughs> uh, um, what, what's, what's a nice know, bow we can tie it up, wrap it up in? Um, well, I think a good thing to say is like, is Stas, we, we have st- coming on is he coming on next podcast i was supposed to be surprised i'm gonna edit it out into a bleep okay i promise i swear i swear okay okay all right so that's we do gonna have, be so good yes we have a him. very cool guest coming on to the podcast in our next episode so definitely tune in for that one um he's almost as prevalent as i am almost <laughs> now we are almost. all the only hint we will give you about him is that he is a youtuber so that's basically no hint at all except that you know that he is you know in the community oh yeah he has way more subscribers than i do too um but yeah so, i like his videos though yeah no his videos are great i've been binging them lately i'm in the workshop so definitely you want to be um tuned in for that one we have a special topic that is relevant to. I think that makes sense, right? If we're gonna have a YouTuber come on, we should have a topic related to what he talks about, right? Mm-hmm. So, what's the topic? The topic is going to be modding and aftermarket. 
aftermarket. Oh, modding. I'm excited. Awesome. Right. So I've just started doing that. Yep. So aftermarket modding, you know, we'll be talking about things like what makes, why do people mod? What mods are cool? What mods are out there? What goes into the pricing of a mod? All those things. Um, I think that'll be really cool. Really interesting. So yeah. Awesome. That's what's coming up. Well, you guys will be able to look forward to that next podcast. Um, you can find us at uh, BehindTheEdgePod at gmail.com. You can email us any questions you have, and if you want to be a special guest, possibly. Um, and also Behind the Edge Podcast on Instagram. And you can also talk to us on Discord if you uh, go to the uh, sidebar of r slash knife club on old Reddit. Can click uh, the link there and talk to us. So, all right. Yes, yes. And please do. Wait, last thing, last thing. I mentioned this in the housekeeping, but if you, if you, not only if you want to be a guest yourself, but if you have a suggestion yeah. for someone else you would like to see be a guest, tell us and we will reach out and use you as an excuse. We'll say our guest X wanted to see you on the podcast. So that way it's less <laughs> awkward for us to ask, um, you know, just like we have a sort of like a social in, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, when are we having um, Nick on? <laughs> <laughs> we should ask Nick at some point. Yeah, we, I, think, I definitely uh, think about asking him sometime eventually. Let's wait until we, we actually have our stuff yeah. together. Um, wait, what? We have our stuff know. together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, we're good. All right, well, without further ado, I will see all of you on the next podcast. <laughs>